Welcome to the Inspiration Show podcast with your host, Natalie Ledwell. If you'd like to tune into the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch all of the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Now today I'm with my friend Corey Glacier. How are you? I'm very good to see you, Natalie. Happy Thank you here. for joining us. Now, um, Corey, how old are you? I'm 26 years old. 26 years old. And Corey uh, lives a life of absolute passion. Um, and to be able to do that at such a young age is just, I thought, was very worthy of having him here on the show. So, Corey, can we just start with um, your story? Like, how did you end up where you are? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm from San Diego originally and uh, grew up in North County and um, kind of from a young age I was always trying to push the limits and test the test the, the boxes if you will and I actually dropped out of high school when I was 16 years old just because I, I felt like there was more I was kind of looking for and I didn't really feel like just being shoved down the path that everyone else was being shoved down um, and so I just kind of started uh, a life of kind of some different entrepreneurial activities and some international travel um, was able to spend time in different parts of the world and really start to increase my understanding of how the world works. Yeah. And I was really attracted to third world countries and the developing regions of this world. Um, and then a couple years later, I, I got back into school. And so I, I started going to school at San Diego State here, and I studied uh, international development type topics. And, you know, at, basically, um, when I was about 23 years old, I just had a convergence of a lot of life experiences I was traveling through uh, East Africa, and <clears throat> as part of my um, my uh, my professional background, which had been in like starting some smaller businesses and kind of that side of things, and my academic background, which was starting to learn about the world, um, and then the experience that I was having internationally all kind of came together. Yep. And I felt the calling to um, really live a life that allowed me to really be involved with what's happening in developing countries and be able to start things that would hopefully, you know, shift what's what's happening in the world. Yeah, it's interesting how you say that, you know, it was a combination of everything that you've kind of done to that point that actually led you to totally. to, to what you're doing. So share with us, what are you doing right now? So I run an organization that trains volunteers in how to carry out international development work. Um, there's poverty alleviation programs all over the world and some of those are uh, more effective than others at actually helping to serve people that are living in extreme poverty. And what I've been spending the last four years doing is um, through actually uh, on the ground uh, application as well as studying on the ground as well as a whole bunch of book research and school research um, pulling together all the best practices mm -hmm. in what actually helps us as um, development agents to serve developing countries and help them to see real enhancement in quality of life. Right. Because a lot of the things a lot of people are doing aren't really um, reaching the highest level of potential of what they could be doing. Right. And so um, uh, several years ago, I, I basically committed my life to serving in this role, which is to promote uh, worldwide what can be done to serve people that are living in extreme poverty and helping them to improve the quality of their lives. Um, that looks like improving sanitation concerns, it, it looks like improving women's health, it looks like improving literacy, training farmers, a lot of really 
practical nuts and bolts types things, um, but how to actually carry out those types of programs internationally in such a way that forms a sustainable relationship with the community that you're working with and also is able to see like real efficacious results. Right. And, um, and, 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 that, and understanding what actually works is the first part of the equation. The second part of the equation is how to train and empower other people to carry out those types of activities. And so three years ago, <clears throat> we started a nonprofit which is called SHAP, which stands for Sustainable and Comprehensive Humanitarian Assistance and Planning. And that served our purpose for several years, and recently we've actually dissolved that entity, and we've started a new social business, which is geared towards taking everything we did for the last three years to the next level, and we're developing online video curriculums, we're developing different types of technologies that will hold organizations accountable. Um, we're starting to share our message, and we're, we're helping to ignite a movement uh, within a, a lot of young people across the world, but, but really people all across the world that are really anxious towards seeing extreme poverty become a thing of the past. Right. And that have the enlightened mindset to recognize that maybe the way that things have been going for the last couple of decades maybe isn't the most effective way. Like I think all across the world we're starting to yeah. see that in, in all different industries we're like, wait a second, maybe we should be doing things a little bit differently. Yeah. And in the realm of poverty alleviation, we're seeing that aggressively. And so we're looking ultimately to stand in the center of a movement of people and organizations and companies and government agencies all across the world that are ready to actually do what needs to be done to eradicate extreme poverty from our, our planet and, and something that our human family moving on into this next generation won't have, yeah. um, which, which ultimately like is, is one of the major problems that we have as a global family that, yeah. that just needs to be looked at and, and addressed and not addressed with, with compassion, but addressed with intelligence and uh, a deliberate strategic focus um, with an entrepreneurial mindset and ultimately a crystal clear plan that actually pr produces results. Yeah. So you're really helping people like, there is so many, I know myself included, so many people that go, look, I want to do something about this. You know, children dying of, of starvation every day is just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So you're really helping people not only um, learn the skills, um, but to give them direction on specific things that they can do to help the situation. Yeah, you know, it, it, I'm glad that you mentioned that. A lot of people see that like, tangible uh, gift or distributing something is really ultimately like what's needed but when we zoom back a little bit further we see that countries that are in the developing status right now um, that's where our country was 200 years ago yeah and there was a very natural when I say our, I mean I'm talking about America but also Australia and Western European countries and we were all there you look at the the maternal mortality rates the malnutrition the infant mortality rates all the rates that we're seeing in developing countries, we were that exactly there 200 years ago. Yeah. So we went through a very natural development process. We had exposure to a lot of education tools and, and the scientific method, a lot of technologies. And so we can't just assume that the answer is to give something away because no one gave anything away to us to go through our development process. Yeah. But we can see that because we've gone through these processes, because we've learned a lot of the proven mechanisms how to produce more food and clean our own water and, and, and increase healthcare and the, uh, the quality of healthcare and things like that, we can serve to increase the learning curve of other countries and communities that are going through those same natural processes. Yeah. And so um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a critic against distribution and just giving things away. Yep. Um, 
although in an emergency crisis situation that definitely has its place. Of course. But I would really encourage people that are, that are maybe wanting to be involved in poverty alleviation to look at supporting organizations that are doing work that's geared more towards training and building capacities and skills mm -hmm. of people on the ground. And if you're, if you're, if you're thinking about making a donation, then donate to an organization that's more like that, yep. as opposed to one that says, we're going to take your $5 and we're going to use that to feed a child. Yep. Because while that feels warm and fuzzy, it actually can just create and perpetuate a lot of problems and dependencies right. that's been proven over and over again. Yep. You know, so we just need to kind of like share that message and say <laughs> those things that, that might intuitively feel right, yes. um, let's just talk about them a little bit more and let's yep. talk about the things that actually produce results. Yeah. So you can see why I have him here on the as a passion peep. How passionate are you about this? <laughs> yes, I care a little. <laughs> no, I, a little care, bit. <laughs> I care a little bit about this stuff. Um, <laughs> okay, so my next question, um, because you know, I think for a lot of people, we don't realise like the the one event or the series of events mm -hmm. that can get us from you know where we were to where we want to be can be just around the corner. Right. So you know, you talked before about how everything you did led up into this point. What were some of those events or things that actually got you from from you know, study or school or whatever to, to this organization. Uh, I feel like my life has kind of been like, like a zigzag where I, I've been wanting to work towards my ultimate objective, but I've kind of felt like I had to put all my energy in going this direction with all of my heart, might, mind, and strength, thinking that this was my end goal, Yep. but then realizing when I got there that it was actually just a stepping point and gave me whatever resources or connections or skills or whatever I needed in order to actually shift entirely and then go this way for a while, you know, <laughs> just kind of like, exactly. like, like a sailboat has to like, you know, like just zigzag in order to be able to get to its direction rather than just be able to take a straight course out. And I think that our, our lives are kind of like a sailboat, you know, yep. we, we can pretend like we're going in a straight line, but in all reality, like, our lives are just kind of like this. Yeah. But, it, but I, I feel that, you know, the, the, the powers of the universe and, and those energies that are kind of directing our lives know where we're supposed to go and know that it's never going to be a straight path. Mm. And um, so I think that one of the things that's kind of helped me to keep making progress to my ultimate goal is to put all of my energy in the direction that I'm presently facing. Yes. But staying open and available. Yeah. Because never knowing when I'm going to realize that that wasn't actually the end but that was a means to a different end, and I had to go that direction. Yeah. So it's kind of finding a balance of putting all of your eggs in one basket, you know, just like putting everything there, going all in in the, in the poker you know, analogy. There's putting all in, but then not, not going all into your own detriment yeah. and not clinging on to what you thought your path was supposed to look like yeah. when new doors are opening up to you. It's like when we talk about law of attractions, it's like you, it's not your mm -hmm. job to say how you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. And the how is normally never the way that you think it's going right, to be. never. You know? And it's comically yeah, exactly. not the way you think it's going to be sometimes. <laughs> and it's so funny that, you know, the, the 26 you're talking about, you know, getting to the end. Well, you know, the end's a long way off for you. And, and you know, I, I draw back to like with us, we talk about, you know, purpose, life's purpose. And, and I think... Everyone's purpose is the same, to be the best person that we can be, to contribute as much as we can. But we all have different missions. Totally. You know, and when we talk about my movies, I just say that my movies my, is my mission at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the end mission. And, it, and already from the four years ago that we started the business, that it's morphed into this whole different thing now. Um, and it's, just, it's continuously growing. So it's, you well, know. Let me share on that just a little okay. bit. Because um, I feel the very same way. I feel that mm -hmm. what I'm doing right now 
even in a very aggressive and deliberate effort to help to end extreme poverty, that is still a manifestation of what I feel like my deeper core purpose is. Yeah. And um, for years, I've seen and felt like my purpose on this planet was to help to make a shift in locus of control. And if you are, aren't familiar with what that refers to, that just kind of refers to where we believe change comes from. And uh, some people have an internal and some people have an external locus of control. And, and those with an internal locus of control believe that change comes from them. And if there's something in the world that they want to see differently, then they're going to be able to do something about it and bring about that change. Yep. And others have what's called an external locus of control, which means that if they want to see change, they're going to sit around and wait for their parents or the government or their religion or the system or yep. their neighbor to make some change and that they ultimately become a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so I see that my mission in this life, and I'm sure that you have your own, like you just mentioned with my movie, be one manifestation of that, is really to be a part of helping to shift that locus of control at the individual level and also collectively for our human family. Yeah. And that this effort right here is one major, is, 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 is the thing that I can do with my tools and skills and resources at this stage yeah. to actually achieve that mission. Yeah. Because when we talk about shifting that locus of control and empowering the capable, which is our, the, our tagline of our organization is empowering the capable, that has two different you know, manifestations. It's, it, it's the people that are living in extreme poverty and helping people who might not believe that they can actually do something to increase the quality of life and coming in and holding their hand and, and showing various different proven methods and behavioral changes that they can actually undergo yep. that's going to result in them being able to take better care of their families and improve the quality of their communities and ultimately see, wow, there's so much more that I can do to improve the quality of life than I realize. What else can I do? Yep. You know, and so that's one piece of the equation. The other piece of the equation is the volunteers and the organizations who are doing this type of work. You know, each individual who does international development work is, is one individual on a very big planet. And it's very easy to see, wow, there's all these huge problems and I'm just one person. What can I do and all this types of stuff? Well, if you can take that volunteer, which is really kind of what our organization is all about, and train them to engage in meaningful poverty alleviation work. And they can spend a couple months on the ground, living in the community, developing deep relationships, and sharing proven things that the community can do to increase the quality of their life and, and help them to have access to clean water or whatever we're talking about. Then this individual now has this experience of, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe what I was able to be a part of. What else can I do? Yep. So our organization is ultimately a vehicle which allows us to kind of deliver this transformation of locus of control and that's my personal mission yep um, and so as long as this is what's kind of bringing it for me then that's what I'm gonna do in it and if I see that there's doors that open up in life that, that that allow me to help that transformation happen even in a larger scale of a way then I'm gonna keep my life completely open and available yeah that. great great now um, successful people we know that success doesn't just happen and successful people always have something like a daily routine or habits that they have on a daily basis that keeps them on track. So what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis that keeps you on track? Well, <laughs> I told you I dropped out of high school when I was 16. Right. You know, so I've kind of been floating through this entrepreneurial space you yeah. know, for, 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 for the last 10 years. And uh, I haven't had a boss. Um, I haven't had a lot of, you know, direction above and beyond myself and so it's it's really forced me whether we're talking about some of the businesses I've been involved with or getting back into school or some of my international travel adventures or whatever it's kind of forced me to kind of be my own manager mm -hmm. you know and I think that a lot of times when you're going to take that step to really act on your passion 
you you end up in a role like that. Yep. You know, um, and so to be able to manage yourself, uh, it kind of becomes imperative for you to ultimately be able to find the fullest expression of your potential and passion because you can have all the passion in the world, but <laughs> if you can't harness that, like, exactly. you know, what good are you? <laughs> you know, and so, so, so learning how to kind of go through that process has been a big deal. Um, and one specific thing to go there is, um, you know, there's so many things on a daily basis that you feel like you're supposed to be doing as an entrepreneur. You know, whether you're supposed to be focusing your energy here, 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 and that can get really confusing in there. The, the, the most amount of stress for me has come in and trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing on any given day as mm-hmm. I'm just like sailing throughout this entrepreneurial sea of trying to be a part of, of, of creating a shift. And so really being able to zoom back and schedule out my years and then zoom in with my months and then zoom in with my weeks and then zoom in with my days and then zoom in with my hours and document that whole process mm-hmm. and really create like kind of a template of where I need to be putting my energy. You know, 10 hours of my week, I need to be putting it towards this. Yep. And seven hours a week, I need to be putting it towards this. And four hours a week, I have to be putting it towards this. And six hours a week, I have to protect for myself because if yeah. I don't protect that, <laughs> then I'm just going to work right through that exactly. and bulldoze, you know, the time I need to spend with my family or spend, you know, doing the things I love like surfing or reading or yoga and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to block out my schedule into chunks of time and knowing that that time is important. And then before the week starts, okay, great, I've got, I've got my Mondays are all scheduled for this activity. So what are the key things I need to do there? Mm. You know, and, and, and then on my Tuesdays, I'm scheduled for this activity. So what are the key things I need to do there? So creating a system of calendaring out my schedule and then having like to-do lists and documents that correlate to those different, the different yep. activities. On Monday, I just open up this to- to-do list, which shows all the things I need to do in this category, and then I get them done. Right. And as I'm thinking about all the other parts of my life while I'm working on Monday, I just open up my other two lists, I jot them down there, and then I can give myself permission to forget about them because yep. I know that they're there. And I know that Tuesday is going to come around. That time that's been protected for that activity yep. is going to then pop up on my calendar. I'm going to be able to open up that document and get right to it. And so I feel like that system has helped me to accomplish things, um, to, to have a very high level of productivity. Yep. Because I've been able to avoid a lot of the um, energy loss of trying to figure out what to do and when and what I should be yeah, doing. Yeah, or looking at the big my... thing and going, mm. oh my God, how do I break that down? Exactly. Yeah. So it's really that whole process. Right. Now, the next question would be interesting to, to get your answer to this because you know, I often get emails from people saying, look, how do I stay positive when everything around me is negative? Now, you work with people um, in third world countries. So do you have a perspective on the answer to that question maybe coming from their perspective? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> Natalie. Um, thank you for asking that question. Uh, I think I've got two answers to that. Um, when you have been living with a community, let's say in an area like Southeast Asia or, or East Africa or, or different areas that are suffering from what we call extreme poverty, and that means that people's livelihoods are based on less than $1.25 U.S. per day. Um, you see things that are very hard to wrap your mind around. Mm. And, um, you know, I've seen people that have, have died unnecessarily from various different sanitation diseases, which are so easy to prevent. Um, I've seen the children that have those, you know, dis- dissented bellies that are a combination of a protein deficiency, which means that their whole abdomens just disintegrate and their intestines just kind of fall out of their skin. And then that's combined with parasites in their stomachs, which are, you know, filling up their intestines with, with, with worms and parasites. And, I've just seen a lot of things that are, are really hard to 
you know? Internalize. Um, <laughs> children sleeping in the cold without blankets, um, you know, hungry uh, children, and, and, and then the, the, the desperate look on parents that all they want to do is be able to feed their children and then not being able to do that. Like that real base survival stuff that when I get back on the airplane and I come back here, it's just, you know, I, every time I get into a bed, I just, I, I can't help but express gratitude. Mm. And every time I open the refrigerator and have like food available yeah. and to be able to store that food and it's, and I can like put the yogurt there and then come back tomorrow. It's not going to be rotten because I have a refrigerator and I flip on the lights and I've got, and I, I can see at nighttime yeah. with so many of, the, of, the, of our global community that they, they don't have any artificial light and they can't see and they can't read. And we think about all the things we do in the evenings that are productive and just imagine if that was no longer available and just all these things. And so definitely just trying to recognize from a global perspective how things are mm. and that really at the end of the day, as, as we're all just animals kind of working towards our own survival, it's being able to fill your belly and that of your families and have like a safe place to be that ultimately is what drives us as a species. It just so happens that a lot of us and a lot of the people that are listening to this, like that's covered. Yep. So now their entire life is just above and beyond that. Yep. And then they create too much importance around that stuff and not realize that at our survival at the species level, we're covered. Mm. Like we've got it. You know, and having that perspective about your life experience shifts everything. And it makes it really, really hard to get upset and anxious when things don't work out or I didn't have a thing the way that I wanted to or whatever. Because like, did you have a meal? Yeah. Do you have a safe place yeah. to Are sleep? you hungry? You know, yeah. and when you can, when, when the answer to those questions are no, like, okay, you're, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything else is just details. Yeah. So that's, that's one as far as being able to stay positive. And then the other thing, which, which, is, which is critical for myself, is just really knowing what my purpose on this planet is. Yeah, and then constantly being able to come back to it. Yep. Um, when things are tough and when things are challenging, when you want to give up, when it's just harder than you thought it was going to be, when all that stuff happens, being able to come back center and know this is my purpose on the planet. Therefore, there's no choice. Yep. I've decided that I'm not going to settle with any other options but pursuing my mission. Yep. And once you get clarity around that, um, and I think that a lot of people on this planet have clarity around that, and a lot of people don't. And when you get clarity around what your purpose is, then that kind of solves all a of A lot that of things, stuff. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, I have one more question for you. What's your thing? And it may be hard to narrow this down to one <clears> thing. <throat> but uh, if you get people watching the video today just one piece of advice one thing that they could implement today that would facilitate a positive change in their life, what would that one thing be? <laughs> um, when I was in, I was living in Toronto for a couple of years, and I had a beautiful, wonderful, old, little Russian woman who was a friend of mine. And um, when I was moving out of Toronto, she handed me a book from an author, Paulo Coelho, mm -hmm. The Alchemist. Yes. I didn't know what it was, and I just took it. I threw it in my bag and said, thank you so much. And A couple years later, I actually picked it up and I read it. And that book really created a framework for my life. Um, as I read that book and, and read about the story of Santiago, which is the main character of that story, the whole thing revolves around him understanding what his purpose in life was. Um, so the thing that I would recommend is for someone getting clarity on why they're here on this planet and what they've got to offer. And if that's something that you can't just sit down and just write down, then, then read this book. 
It's The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. I've recommended it to dozens and dozens of people, if not hundreds. Um, I've read it many times myself. And every time I do, in, in the powerful beauty of this allegory and the philosophy that's woven throughout the story, um, it's helped me to center myself with what my role is in the uh, in the and you know in, in this whole big experience you <laughs> exactly. know the, this whole big thing that's happening we call the world the yes. world you know what my role is and and how my mission is ultimately going to contribute to my own personal happiness as well as some you know benefit to our global community so there it is reading reading the alchemist by right. paulo coelho is uh, is something that changed my life and it might change yours as well well, this has definitely been one of the most passionate Passion Peeps videos I've recorded. Thank you so much, Corey, so for coming in. Now, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, where can we send them? So we have a landing page for our site, uh, endingpovertytogether.com. Endingpovertytogether.com. Yeah. Okay. And that will just be able to get you connected to um, our website. And ultimately, we offer online education and online training for people that, A, just want to learn about extreme poverty so they can better understand that global context I was referring to. Yep. Um, or if they're interested in actually engaging in poverty alleviation work, traveling overseas, having a full immersion type experience, then we are going to be rolling out um, a series of trainings on what they can actually do to gain the skills that they need to have a meaningful impact and then also get connected to meaningful service opportunities. Great. So if the viewers or anyone that they know are interested in engaging in this fight to extreme end extreme poverty, then uh, yeah, check out endingpovertytogether.com and see if there's anything there that, that's of value to you. Great. Cool. Thanks again, Corey. Totally. So happy to be here. Um, so I encourage you to share this video with as many people as you can. Just click the Twitter and the uh, Facebook share buttons above. And remember, if you haven't done so already, make sure you put your email in the box above there. We'll send you the six pre-made My Movies and we'll keep you up to date with all the upcoming shows. So until next time, remember to live large, Choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Inspiration Show podcast with Natalie Ledwell. Remember, if you'd like to check out the Inspiration Show TV channel and watch videos of all the episodes, as well as receive six pre-made mind movies valued at $234, please go to www.theinspirationshow.tv.